0: Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a great start to your Monday and a great start to your week, usually in this time slot. You will get the Battery Power Podcast Network with Brad Roland as well as Scott Coleman. They will be back at a future date, but p- we're here pinch-hitting with the Daily Hammer. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So with us entering a new week of the offseason, just wanted to touch on some significant news and notes from what was truly an historic weekend for Major League Baseball. And that, of course, was the fact that what everyone around baseball had been waiting to occur, the development that everybody had been waiting for, the biggest overall free agent decision potentially in baseball history was finally made. Friday was full of false reports, hysteria, and ridiculousness, but Shohei Otani announced on Saturday that he would be signing a long-term deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers, a deal that would be for 10 years and 700 million dollars. By far the biggest free agent contract a player has ever signed in Major League Baseball. Now, I don't think that hardly anyone was surprised that the Dodgers were the team that Shohei Ohtani eventually decided to sign with because it was long expected, even long before he was a free agent, the Dodgers were well positioned to gain the services of Shohei Ohtani long-term. What I think surprised many was the fact that he went to $700 total million It is just absolutely unbelievable that he signed for that much money. But hey, at the end of the day, with as well-known of a brand as the Dodgers are, they're going to more than make up for that as time goes on, so it likely is worth the investment. But showing Otani is now wound up where many expected for him to be. And from a Braves perspective, sure, it was expected that he would sign with the Dodgers. But just being honest, the Dodgers may have been the least preferred location, the least preferred team for Ohtani to, to wind up in from a Braves perspective, because now, when you look at the foreseeable future in the National League, there are two teams, above all other National League teams, that are best set up for the future, the Dodgers as well as the Braves. I think that was the opinion many had before this offseason started, but now not only have the Dodgers had Shohei Ohtani for the long term, which in and of itself is truly significant because of how outstanding a player he is. But Shohei Ohtani also is deferring the majority of his contract long-term, which will allow the Dodgers to continue to have better flexibility to add top-tier talent to remain one of the top contenders in baseball during the time span of Ohtani's contract. So sure, it definitely wasn't the most ideal outcome in terms of a Braves perspective for Ohtani to wind up in L.A. But I do think that as of right now, the Braves are set up, still set up the best of any National League team long term. But that gives me to my main point that I want to address in terms of reaction to this Otani trading, in terms of an immediate reaction to the Otani signing. It seems many feel that with Otani being added to the Dodgers, they now are clearly. The team in the National League with the best odds for 2024 to win the World Series. And that's just simply not true. And I'll acknowledge that even in addition to Otani signing with the Dodgers, they still probably have multiple significant moves to make, especially when it comes to adding to their pitching staff. But even with that being the case, the addition of Otani does give the Dodgers arguably. The best top of the order in terms of a batting lineup, the best top of the order in Major League Baseball, and Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, and Freddie Freeman. If you want to say that, if you want to acknowledge that, that's fine. But when you compare the Dodgers' current roster to the Braves' current roster, the the Braves have a better overall lineup, a deeper overall lineup, and they also have a significantly deeper and more talented, in my opinion, current pitching staff. Now, the Dodgers improve their pitching as time goes on, sure. But I think in terms of the present in 2024, the Braves likely and should remain the National League favorite in terms of the team in the National League with the best chance of winning the World Series. I think it's fair to acknowledge that the Dodgers, with the addition of Otani, with how his contract is structured, they're set up along with the Braves as the two teams in the long term that are best set up to contend year in and year out the foreseeable future, but as of the present, no. Even with the addition of Shohei Otani, the Dodgers are not currently better than the Braves. We'll see how that changes as time goes on, but I definitely think that confidence should remain that the Braves are the best team in the National League, and with the likelihood they're going to make moves as well, the Braves are going to maintain being the best team in the National League in 2024, with a good chance to stay that way in 2025 and beyond. But now with Shohei Otani being off the market, now with him signing with the Dodgers, the other byproduct of that is is that hopefully the offseason will start to get really going, especially in this two-week period we have before activity likely slows down over Christmas as well as New Year's. And for the Braves, though, while they still have that major move to make that many anticipate they're going to make when it comes to an addition to their starting pitching, more of that in just a moment— The Braves continue to be among the most active teams in the majors. And a big reason that they've been so active over the past week in which they made four different trades. A big reason why they've been so active is that they've continued to try to reduce the overall costs or reduce the overall payroll commitment for 2024 from last week's trade with Seattle while also gaining actual players that will be valuable for them in 2024, What I mean by that is this, is that if you go back a week ago, last Sunday, the Braves acquired Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, as well as Evan White. The big key for that trade was gaining the long-term upside and commitment of Jared Kelnick by taking on nearly $19 million in 2024 payroll commitments to Gonzalez and Evan White. That was last Sunday. But since then, the Braves have now made three additional moves. Last Tuesday, they traded Marco Gonzalez as well as Cash to pay part of his salary. They moved him to Pittsburgh for a player to be named later Cash Considerations. On Friday, they traded Evan White and the pitcher that they took in the Rule 5 draft this year. They moved those two players, Evan White and the minor league pitcher, to the Angels for veteran utility infielder David Fletcher, as well as veteran catcher Max Stacey. Well, then on Saturday, in the latest move, the Braves traded Max Stacey to the Chicago White Sox. They're going to pay a significant portion of his salary for a player to be named later, or cash considerations. So that's three different moves that the Braves have made connected to the major move that they made last Sunday. And at the end of the day, when the dust settles, what all that has resulted in is that now instead of having Marco Gonzalez and Evan White and nearly $19 million owed to them in 2024, a week later, the Braves have acquired a veteran utility infielder in David Fletcher who actually can add value to the Braves' bench as a utility option over the next few years. They've gained a valuable player in Fletcher. They've sent away players that they didn't need in Gonzalez, White, and Stacy, and instead of potentially having 19 million in extra payroll commitment owed last Sunday, they now, at least according to um, MLBTradeRumors.com, they now have about five million less, about 14 to 14 and a half million that they owe in 2024. So yes, the Braves have been very active, and while it may not seem as if these moves individually are all that significant. Over a week's time frame, the Braves have gained a talent that they actually need, that actually is valuable to them in David Fletcher, shedded talents that they don't need in Gonzalez, Stacy, and White, and also reduced their overall payroll commitment. So we talk about the moves on the margins. We talk about Alex Anthopoulos being active, even when it comes to small moves. And it's not just about adding talents that will be better in Atlanta than they where they were previously. It's also about making sure that the Braves have as much payroll flexibility as possible. And that's exactly what Alex Anthopoulos has been able to accomplish over the past week. But at the end of the day, all these moves that have been made, they continue to feel some of the secondary needs of the Braves this off-season, The focus remains on adding that significant starting piece and for the Braves, perhaps they'll finally start to see some activity on both the trade and free agency market that could allow for them to discover the best value route for them to go to add that piece in the near future. So now with Shohei Ohtani in L.A., the hope is, is that over this next two weeks, today is December 11th, you know, we're going to go through ne- you know a week from Friday, which will be December 23rd. Over the next 12 days, which basically is two weeks, the hope is, is that we'll, there will be a lot of activity before stuff kind of slows down into Christmas and, and the new year. And with Shohei Ohtani now being with the Dodgers, The hope is is that many teams will be able to take care of their major needs this offseason, either through trades or free agent signings or what have you. For the Braves, like many teams across baseball, that means focusing on adding a significant addition to their starting rotation. We know that Alex Anthopoulos has been active in conversations. The Braves have been connected to nearly every big option out there, especially on the trade market. Dylan Cease. Tyler Glass now, while they haven't necessarily been directly connected to like a Corbin Burns or a Shane Bieber, we know that the Braves are having consistent, active discussions in terms of trades of finding a way to add a significant addition to their starting rotation, not only for 2024, but it be even more importantly for 2025 and beyond. But again, this remains a trade market where the demand for pitching is bigger than the supply. In other words, you have more teams looking to add starting pitching then you have teams who are looking to trade away starting pitching so the teams that have pitchers to trade they're going to have a lot of leverage that means trade asks are going to be high we've gotten evidence of that by kind of connecting dots because if you go back a week ago at the start of the winter meetings alex anthopolis talked about how saturday into sunday the Braves were having trade conversations, but they eventually decided not to do the deal because the ask for the player they were looking to acquire was simply too large. And that may just be something that stays consistent throughout this offseason. And we know with Alex Anthopoulos, he's not looking to overpay. Alex Anthopoulos has consistently been a general manager. that, when he makes trades, he's the side that's going to get the most value. So him making a clear overpay for a starting pitching option just is not something to expect. It just is it would be uncharacteristic for Alex Anthopoulos. So if the trade market may not allow for the Braves to comfortably add the starting pitcher they seek, what about the free agent market? You know, we saw Eduardo Rodriguez sign with the Arizona Diamondbacks. That was another logical potential option that the Braves could go after. Jordan Montgomery now, along with Blake Snell, And Yamamoto from Japan, they're the top free agents that are out there. I just don't see the Braves potentially signing or potentially paying what any of those three options are going to be looking for in the free agent market. So if those options are going to be too much in terms of money spent, and the logical trade options may be too much in terms of their prospect costs, what about that next level of free agents? Could they make sense? And I think they could. I know on the podcast to be named later, Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert. Stephen Tolbert mentioned it on the uh, uh, Battery Power Podcast Extra Edition that him and I did over the weekend, breaking down the David fletcher Mac Stacy trade. He mentioned that a sensible option for the Braves could be Marcus Stroman. A veteran option, you know what you're going to get out of him. He has connections in the past with Alex Anthopoulos. He could be more cost-effective than other options. Maybe he's an option the Braves could go after. We know that Atlanta's been connected with Seth Lugo, whose repertoire, his arsenal of pitches, aligns with what Atlanta values. He may be a veteran option for the Braves to go after, but for him, his market's pretty robust. You have many teams out there that are going to be interested in him. What about a former teammate of Lugo's in Michael Waka? A starter who has had connections with Tampa Bay, a starter who, like Lugo, saw improved success with his overall arsenal, especially his breaking pitches in 2023, could he be a sensible option for Atlanta? Perhaps. The point that I'm getting at is is that the expectation that the Braves are going to make a significant move to add to the rotation, I think they do make that move. And I would love for it to be a high upside option, and I'd be fine with paying a significant trade price to get that option. But value, long-term value, is the biggest key for Alex Anthopoulos when it comes to making additions to his roster. And even if these veteran starters like a Stroman or a Lugo or a Waka may not have as high of an upside as some of these other options do, when you combine the fact that you don't have to trade a significant prospect package to get them, or you're likely not going to have to pay as much as you would potentially to a Montgomery or a Snell... Maybe those veteran free agents are options like a Strowman or a Waka or a Lugo become more sensible for the Braves. The point that I'm getting at is is that the Braves have multiple avenues that they could take. Time will ultimately tell when that happens. I do feel there's a good chance we'll see that happen over the next few weeks. And hopefully, it'll be a clear value for the Braves as we typically see when it comes to Alex Anthopoulos adding to this roster. The other Storyline to follow over the next few weeks as we get closer to the new year, like we do every baseball offseason, is that in the coming weeks, you're going to start to see more conversation, more focus be on the players that will potentially be in place to be a part of the 2024 MLB Hall of Fame class. And once again, there are multiple notable names that have played for Atlanta in the past that could be in play to earn their spot in Cooperstown. As of this recording, there's 11 known votes. So uh, Make sure on X, Twitter, whatever have you, you follow at Mr. Tibbs. I believe his name is Ryan Thibodeau for years. A great, great source of overall tracking when it comes to Hall of Fame votes. As of this recording, there are 11 known public votes. And as of right now, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, and Gary Sheffield are the four players who have the required 75% or more of the votes to get into the Hall of Fame. Now, obviously, we're very early in the process. As a matter of fact, it seems as if only 3.4% of the overall voting pool is known as of right now. So you could see drastic changes in the chances for these players. But several former Braves are in the running as well. Gary Sheffield, obviously, with his time in Atlanta. He seems to have a very good shot in his final year of eligibility through the main way that players are voted into the Hall of Fame. Billy Wagner is at 69.2% of the vote in his ninth season of consideration. And, of course, the name that so many are focused on above everyone else. Andrew Jones, in his sixth year of eligibility, excuse me, his seventh year of eligibility, he currently is at 61.5% of the vote. Andrew Jones took a major leap last year. He's starting to see a bit of an incremental increase this year. I think from last year, it's fair to say that it likely was going to take multiple more years for Andrew to eventually get voted into Cooperstown. But this year is showing again that if he can continue to make progress, if he can continue to get a higher amount of the overall vote, he'll eventually get there. And I think early indications are while he may not earn enshrinement this year, he is going to continue to improve. The amount of votes that he got to eventually get voted into Cooperstown in the future. So Make sure you stick to the Battery Power Podcast Network for the latest when it comes to the Hall of Fame voting, as well as BatteryPower.com and at Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. My name's Sean Coleman. Follow me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.